My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Britt here today. I am so, so excited. You guys were ending the week with an amazing guest. The guest I'm bringing on is a director, global speaker, award-winning producer who has worked with worked on animated films and shows for over 20 years with top Hollywood studios. Sewell Blinkoff is a father of four who lives in LA with his wife, Marion. He is an empowering life coach and podcast host of his show, his motivational show, you guys, Life of Awesome. He works with many high profile clients, including Disney, DreamWorks, Netflix, and travels the world as an inspirational speaker, sharing tools of clarity, tenancy, resilience, and discipline to empower others to live the life of their dreams. So welcome to the show, Sol. How's it going? Thanks so much for coming on. Hi. Thank you so much, Brittany. It is so great to be on your podcast. And I, I thank you for having me. And I also just want to thank all your listeners. Um, you know, a podcast like this is a podcast where, you know, coming into it, you want to hear something that you can apply to your life. And all of you should be commended to turning this on, right? I mean, you could be listening to music now. You could be listening to, oh, I don't know, a podcast that tells you about uh, the making of Back to the Future. And wait, what did they mean when they shot this scene? I mean, there's so many things that we're interested in. But to go to a podcast like this means you, first and foremost, you want to grow. And I want to commend all of you for being here and listening. And again, Brittany, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to have you on. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I know you have a great deal of knowledge and value that is going to apply to myself and our audience. So super excited. Now, so I think a good place to start our conversation would be off, you know, maybe walking us through your journey. I mean, you grew up in Long Island as a kid and, you know, where did you get the inspiration or where did it come from? Yeah, that's a great director. Yeah. You know, the thing is, you know, you you said the word Disney, right? I've worked most of my career at Disney. And I think when people think about Disney, they think about, you know, when you wish upon a star, right? (laughs) And if you think about the lyrics of that song for a moment. When you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. So let's go to that for a second. It makes no difference who you are. You, it doesn't matter what color you are, what culture, how old you are, where you're from. Every single person out there, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. When you, now I can't remember the words. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. Dreams. So often people come to me, they're like, I don't know what my dream is. I haven't figured it out yet. What makes some people have a dream and some not? Look, you're right. I grew up in New York. I didn't grow up in Hollywood. I didn't grow up near Disney World. I didn't grow up in a place where anybody had a creative job. 
people I knew, like my parents, my dad's a doctor and people I knew had businesses and like teachers. And, you know, I didn't know anyone that was an artist for a living. I didn't even know that was a job you could have. Actually, I remember going to the movies. I was 11 years old, Brittany, and I saw the movie E.T. And I'm watching that movie in the theater for the first time. And the credits are rolling and I tap my mom and I go, mom, that's what I want to do someday. And she looks down at me and says, wait, you want to leave planet Earth in a spaceship? I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to make movies, right? So I was inspired by watching that film and it just spoke to me. So I went to a building that a lot of our children will never go to. It's called a library, okay? This is in the olden days, as my kids call it, right? Before the internet, when you actually had to go to a building to get information. So I go to this library and I get books on cameras, lenses, storyboarding. I found out that every weekend, Steven Spielberg would make movies with kids in the neighborhood, like the movie, The Fablemans that just came out. That's the story of Steven Spielberg. So I got a film camera. I got my sister, my older brother, kids in the neighborhood, and I started making movies, murder movies, monster movies. I remember we we made a kidnap movie. I tied my twin sister up to a tree really tight. Afterwards, we go into the house to watch the movie. I still remember my mom going, I like the movie, but where's your sister? I said, she's still tied to the tree. What's wrong? That's <laughs> all right. So like, I knew I was going to be a filmmaker. And then I get to high school and I was a junior in high school, senior, maybe a sophomore in high school. I'm walking down the halls one day. Somebody comes up to me. They're like, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? Like, what are you going to do someday? What do you want to be when you grow up? I said, well, I want to be a filmmaker. They're like, no, you don't want to do that. I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, well, good luck. Because if you want to do that, you have to move out to Hollywood. Hollywood, there's a lot of weirdos out there, strange, weird people. You don't want to live in that culture, do you? And I said, no, no, I don't want to end up a weirdo. And I'm telling you, Brittany, right then and there, I gave up on my dream of wanting to be a filmmaker because one person told me I would end up a weirdo. And of course, today, you know, I do live in Hollywood and my four kids would tell you daddy is a weirdo. So, (laughs) so much for that. But it's amazing to me how in life, We may get clarity of a goal we want to accomplish, a dream, and we let other people dictate how we feel about it. They can change our trajectory. They can make us think that that's not for us, or they can uplift us and make us feel like, yeah, that is possible. Well, I gave up on that dream. My parents are like, so what else are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'll go back to drawing because drawing is really what I loved to do as a child. When I was six and seven, That's all I did was draw. I used to draw Snoopy. I used to draw on the walls with my mother's lipstick, by the way. Don't try that at home if your kid's listening. (laughs) And I knew I was going to be an artist. So I went back to drawing. And I'm really lucky, Brittany, because I have very supportive parents. And my parents hired an art teacher to come to my home and teach us to teach me how to draw from life. A private teacher. She was amazing. What an amazing teacher she was. And I was going to be an artist. As a matter of fact, I remember she told me, to bring my sketchbook to the restaurants I would go to. And she'd say, when you're in a restaurant, you're waiting for your food, draw people. When you're at a bus stop, draw people. Draw people from life. She said to me, drawing is about seeing. Develop your eye to look at the world through a certain lens. Amazing teacher. So I would show her all my drawings. And she looked at the drawings one day. She's like, I like your drawings, but I noticed that all the people that you're drawing, none of them have hands. Did did they not have hands in the cafe? Like, how would they drink? How did they eat? I'm like, no, no, they had hands. She goes, well, why didn't you draw them? I said, well, because it's difficult to draw hands. She goes, oh, it's difficult? Okay. You know what your homework is? For the next six weeks, I want you to draw your hand from a different position every single night before you go to bed. I did that. And you know what happened in six weeks? I got good at drawing hands. And she taught me one of the most valuable lessons of life. Get out of your comfort zone. 
with the goal of turning your weakness into your strength. Incredible teacher, incredible mentor. So I was going to be an artist. And then I went to the movies and I saw another movie that changed my life. So let's see how good you know your Disney, Brittany. I'll hum the song and you'll see if you know what it is. All right, how about this? The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. There you go, the little mermaid, right? (laughs) Great movie, right? Favorite Disney movie of mine. So good, right? I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, right? Amazing. So good. So I see that movie and the credits are rolling and I tap my mom and I'm like, mom, that's what I want to do. And she's like, what? You want to fall in love with a fish? I'm like, no, I want to be an animator. I know she's so far. I want to be an animator at Disney because you see animation combined my two passions, my love of drawing, my love of filmmaking, put them together. That's the medium of animation. And plus, I found out that Disney has a studio in Orlando, Florida. I didn't have to go out to L.A. So there I was, junior in high school, and I knew exactly what my dream was. My dream was to become a Disney animator. I just had one major problem besides my dog barking. I had one major. It's okay. My dog's too. We're good. This is life. This (laughs) is life. I had one major problem. The problem is I had no idea how to become a Disney animator. Well, you go to a great restaurant and you taste, uh, I don't know, an unbelievable dessert, creme brulee, tiramisu, whatever you love. You want to make it at home. You can do it if you have the recipe. Right. I didn't have the recipe. I didn't know how. It was like an equation. Saul plus what will equal dream. I didn't know what the what was. Today, you want to be a Disney animator. You go to a little thing called Google. And you type in, how do you become a Disney animator? And you'll find out the answers in about eight seconds. Back right. then, no internet. The olden days, I didn't have the internet. But what I did have is the most supportive mom in history. My mom took me, not my older brother not my twin sister, took me to Disney World, flew me to Disney World, and walks me around Disney World to find out, asking the Disney cast members, that's what they call their employees, how her son could become a Disney animator. And I remember it was actually very embarrassing. We were getting on the uh, It's a Small World boat ride. We're stepping on that boat, and the Disney cast members like, how many of your party were like two? My mom's like, by the way, my son wants to be a Disney animator. Can you help him? The lady's like, man, this is a boat ride. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know your mom you know? is the most supportive. Oh, she's she incredible. Reminds me of my my mom taking me is to that Disney right? World. She's yeah. like, I want to get you got. I want to get you a job here at Disney World. But this is even. I love where your mom is going. I love this. your mom too. She's so cute. But oh, it reminds yeah, we go to the, me. Yeah, it reminds you, right? That's a nurturing mom. And by the way, if you're a parent listening to this story, I mean, think about it. Like, what do you do for your kids? How far will you go? to help them help themselves. I'm not saying do it for them, but where can we help them with our experience to get out of our comfort zone and nurture them and give them opportunities to be able to realize their limitless potential? That's the goal, by the way, right? We all have a limitless potential we got to tap into. And just when you think you've accomplished something in life, don't get comfortable. Set a new goal. Because at the end of the day, life's not about achieving something. It's about growing. There's a great rabbi that said, we're not human beings. We're human becomings. Becomings. We want to become. We want to grow. Think of a flower. Think of a plant. 
and it grows and it reaches that beautiful state. You see the the orchid, it opens up, it's beautiful. Well, you know what happens next? It dies. Don't have the goal. I just got to get to that. No, the thrill is the growing towards something. That's where, that's the thrill. So we're in Disney World and, right? And we don't grow when we're comfortable. We need to get Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, drop the mic. Is it Brittany, the mic in your hand? Just (laughs) drop it. Did you guys hear what she just said? You don't grow when you're comfortable. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a fact. By the way, people should be writing that down right now. And that's yeah. a tool. That's a tool. Because if you ever are comfortable, like if you're if you're married and you want to have a better marriage and you're just a little comfortable, I mean, you're not investing enough. You're not working enough. You're not working out any relationship if it's too comfortable, right? Every aspect of your life, you got to get uncomfortable. Yeah. That's right. You got to get uncomfortable to grow. Absolutely. So we're there. And after we go through the boat ride, it's a small world. After I would come to that. And the Disney cast members like, look, if you want your son to work at Disney, Disney hires all their cast members at the Disney casting building. It was five minutes away from where we were in Disney World. So we end up going to this building and it's a Disney office building. Can you imagine how incredible it must have looked? It was amazing. It had the doorknobs from Alice in Wonderland. The ones that talk. It was made out of brass, right? It had um, an atrium where you walked in and there was gold statues of Mickey, Donald, Pluto, Goofy. Even the air in there was like like had a smell. It had like pixie dust in the air. And then there's a ramp that goes up like 30 feet. And you walk up this ramp to where the interviews are and painted on the ceiling as I was walking up was Peter Pan and Wendy flying off to Neverland. And I remember thinking like, that's where I want to go. I want a taste of Neverland. Like, I don't want to grow up, right? I want to work at Disney. Right. right. So I sit there for the interview and the woman says, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, my dream is to be a Disney animator. Can you help me? She goes, well, we don't hire those here. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, we, we hire people that work the rides, people that work in the parks, people that hit the buttons that make the teacup spin around, people that make the Dumbo ride fly up and down, people that sell the soft drinks for $100 a Coke, right? You're right? no kidding. <laughs> right? That's what we do. And I'm like, well, that's not really my dream. She goes, well, hold on a second. She walks out of her office. I'm left alone in there, standing next, sitting next to my mom. Five minutes later, the woman comes in and she hands me a piece of paper. And that piece of paper became the most valuable piece of paper. There's my dog. And that piece of paper became the most valuable piece of paper I ever held in my hands. It was a list of eight schools, eight art schools that Disney recruits their artists from. And she said the words to me, if you want to be a Disney animator, you need to go to one of these schools. Boom. That was it. That was the recipe how to achieve what I wanted. And the equation was Saul plus go to one of these schools will equal dream. So my mom took me on a trip to each of these schools to see which would be a good fit. I ended up going to a school in Columbus, Ohio, one of the best design schools on the planet called the Columbus College of Art and Design. And I walk into school the first day and I'll never forget walking down and I see one of these, uh, everyone's like settling their stuff in the, uh, in the, in the dorm rooms. And I see one guy Hold on one second. Don't move. One sec. Uh, so you went to the different universities or the schools. To oh, yeah, see yeah, which yeah. One was right. right. Got you. All right. You got it. Thanks, Britt. Okay. No problem. So, can I call you Britt? Britt. Yep. Britt. Britt. Is that Britt. cool? <laughs> Is that done? Is that done? Okay. 
So I, I signed up going to school and I go to, I walk in the first day and I remember seeing one of uh, these guys had, he was settling stuff in his room and he had Mickey Mouse slippers. And I'm like, what kind of guy wears Mickey Mouse slippers? Like the big yellow feet, right? Yeah. Then I see he's got a Mickey Mouse bedspread, Mickey Mouse telephone, Mickey Mouse clock, Mickey Mouse lunchbox, Mickey Mouse <laughs> Disney posters everywhere on the walls. It was literally Disney World in a room. And I realized I was surrounded by Disney people. Everyone wanted to work at Disney. I felt intimidated. I remember a week later, a representative from the Walt Disney Company came to our school the guy stands on the stage. He was over 65 years old. He was one of the original animators on Sleeping Beauty from the 50s. He used to hang out with Walt Disney. I know. Oh it was crazy. Gosh. It was amazing. It was overwhelming. And the guy stands on the stage and he looks out to this auditorium filled with all the students. There must have been over 500 students in there. Every freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. And he looks out to us and he says, before I begin with the presentation telling you how to get into Disney. Let me just ask, how many of you want to work at Disney? Every hand went up. No kidding. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, just so you know, out of the 500 of you in here, maybe, just maybe four of you will ever work there. That's how competitive it is. And when he said that, I thought one thing, I wonder who the other three are going to be. Because in life, right? You got to believe in yourself. I mean, do you really believe in yourself? Not what you post on Facebook or Instagram, but like deep down, do we really believe that we can accomplish? You know, I have a dear friend. He says in order to accomplish something, his name is Charlie Rocket. Go check out his uh, episode on my podcast. He's an amazing story. Charlie Rocket. Wow. What a story. And he says, you know, in order to dream, you have to be a somewhat what he calls it delusional optimist. Delusional optimist. Imagine Steve Jobs sitting in a conference room, holding up a phone and saying, you know what I wish we could do with this? I wish we could talk to someone with video on the other side of the world with our phone. Before that was accomplishable, before that was done, before the technology was there, first you had to have the vision, the dream. I wish it could do this. Yeah, but it can't. No, I know it can't, but I wish it could do that. Right? right? I wish I could be driving in my car. Right. And, I, and there's some navigator that's going to help me know where I have to go. So I have to be these tape, op, open up these maps constantly. They could track me to a satellite. That doesn't, we can't do it. No, no, but I wish we could. You got to start with the dream. Start with the dream. Start with the what. Then you figure out the how, right? So then the Disney employee, this guy, Bill Matthews, this Disney representative on the stage says, if you want to work at Disney, you got to get the internship. No internship, no Disney. And if you want the internship, here's what you need. And I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Like, what do I need? He goes, you need a portfolio of humans and animals drawn from life. Figure drawing. Drawn from life. No cartoon characters. No Mickey Mouse drawings, right? And I remember thinking, that's it. That's the answer key. I got to draw the figure. So I signed up for figure drawing classes. And soon afterwards, I met this incredible guy. His name was Andy. And Andy was by far the best artist in the school. And just seeing his work ethic, seeing his discipline made me go, you know, I got to hang out with this guy. And he soon became my best friend. And I will tell you, just me hanging out with someone like that made me a much better artist. Because who you choose to be friends with actually affects who you become. 
who you choose to be friends with affects who you become. Right, Brittany? Isn't that true? They And they say, you know, you are who you hang out with, right? You are. It's very, very crucial. You're you're careful as to, you know, if you have that dream and you see where you want to go, like make sure you're around people that, you know, are encouraging it or, you know, kind of on the same page. I don't know how you feel about it, but I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, if you think about it, Remember when we were little and our parents wanted us to hang out with like the ripe kids? They didn't like certain friends. And we think that for our kids, those of you who are parents, you think about it. You know, when your kid's like five, six years old, you don't like who they're hanging out with, then you don't schedule a play date with them. You know, you could pick them up from the sandbox and go, you know, we're going to play over here. Good luck for the rest of the day. But when they turn to be 18, like my oldest or 16, right? Like my second, all right. Right. They have friends and you can't control who they hang out with. And you just hope that you've given them the mindset to choose wisely because you know that those people are going to impact our children. Well, here comes the question. Who do we hang out with? Who is going to impact us? Don't think we're above it. It's for all of us to say, who do I surround myself with? Well, Andy was an amazing artist, amazing work ethic, an amazing person. Became my best friend, like a brother to me. And sophomore year, I got my portfolio together. My best drawings, I put them in a book and I sent them into the Walt Disney Studios. And a couple weeks later, I got a letter on Disney stationery. Had a gold leaf Mickey imprinted on the envelope. My name was typed on the front. Wow. The Disney company knows I'm alive. They got my name typed on an envelope. It was so cool. I open up the letter. I get my mom on the phone and I read it out loud. Saul, thanks for sending your artwork in, but unfortunately you didn't make it. Okay, I got rejected. Look, I I wasn't that upset. I didn't expect to get in the first time. And plus, like I said, I was happy the Disney company knew I was alive. I took that letter. I put up over my desk. Friends of mine are coming into my dorm room. Wow, blink off. The Disney company knows you're alive. It was pretty cool. Another year goes by, Andy and I drawing nonstop. And I remember one day we went to the zoo, uh, freezing, bitter, cold day. Like you're in Winnipeg, Brittany. So you, you know what I'm talking about with cold, right? You know what? I oh, mean? yeah. Oh, right? yeah. So, so picture like that bitter, cold, freezing day, the kind of day that when you put on the scarf and earmuffs and everything, you're still freezing, right? So Winnipeg. Wow. I can't imagine. So it was a freezing day. Winter peg. Winter peg. <laughs> I love it. So it's that kind of day. And our teacher takes us to the zoo, like 15 of us to the zoo on a bus to go draw animals. Because, you know, when you're trying to draw animals, you got to draw from life, not just from books. You got to be able to see them moving, capture the movement. So we go to the zoo and all of us go right to this cafe in the zoo because it was freezing out there. We get hot drinks and stuff right away. After about two minutes, Andy and I walk out of the cafe, sharpen our pencils, and we go find this elephant. And we draw this elephant for 45 minutes just walking back and forth. It was the coolest thing. The elephant would walk, turn around, walk the other way, turn around, and just repeat the same motion, which for someone studying movement and animation was like the greatest thing. To have an animal repeat that movement over and over was awesome. So well, we stood and I was going to say freezing. like, yeah. oh, I was going to say your fingers probably were barely working. And you oh know, with the, the movement, I find it so interesting how you're able to get that perfect picture drawing yeah. when well, they're constantly to, moving. You got to just, you got to learn the anatomy and you got to do it for right. hundreds of hours. And it's incredible. Right. So afterwards we go onto the bus and I show Andy what I drew and he showed me what he drew. And then we said to one of the other guys, Hey, and to some of the girls, like, we never saw you guys at the elephants. What animals were you drawing? Like, were you at the monkeys? Like, where were you guys? We were the only ones there. Where were you? 
So one guy looks up to me and he goes, well, n- none of us ever left the Wendy's. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, we couldn't leave. I said, what do you mean you couldn't leave? He goes, it was too cold. I go, oh, it was too cold. Wait a minute. I thought your dream was to be a Disney animator. I thought you're wearing the Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. You see, those are the greatest words I ever heard in my life. The words, it was too cold. Because that told me right there that I would be able to outwork the competition. That I wasn't afraid of a little pain, of a little struggle. Is it difficult? Yeah. Do you have to get out of your comfort zone? Yeah. Easy to dream something, not easy to work hard at something. And I'll tell you, if you turn on a documentary of whoever inspires you. Look, I love Michael Jordan. I grew up in the 90s. I watched The Last Dance now three times on Netflix. It's amazing. Like whoever inspires you, a book, someone who you think has achieved something great. You know what they all have in common? One thing. They push through pain. And let me tell you, when you have the expectation that something is going to be difficult, it will motivate you to accomplish, motivate you to grow. And that's really the key word because then you don't end up going through the pain. You end up growing through the pain. That's the goal. So I get my portfolio together, new drawings. Andy does too. And we send the drawings into Disney and we wait. A couple weeks go by. I get a call and it's Andy on the phone. Like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, blink off. Not going to believe this. I'm like, what am I not going to believe? He goes, I just got a call from the Walt Disney Studios. I'm like, yeah, and he goes, I got it. I said, you got what? He goes, I got the internship. I'm like, that's amazing. Congratulations. I couldn't believe it. He goes, but they didn't call you yet, did they? I'm like, no, but they could be trying to call me right now. I got to hang up. We didn't have call right, waiting right. back. Right. So right. I hang up the phone, I'm pacing back and forth, and they're not calling me. I pick up the phone. Like, there's a dial tone, right? It's working. So you know what I did? I did something crazy, Brittany. I picked up the phone. What did you I, do? I dialed the head of Disney myself. Instead of waiting for them wow. to call me, called them to find out, right? Who does that? Well, I did. That is someone who wants it and who's willing to work for it. That's right. Because you know what? I always say this to myself and my kids. And I remind myself, when there's something you really want in your life, you will do anything to get it. Right. When there's something you really want, you will do anything to get it. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I grew up in New York, I told you. And my hero was Michael Jordan. And when I was about 15 years old, before one of the games where Michael Jordan came to New York to demolish the New York Knicks, me and my brother are standing next to the court before the game starts. It's like half hour before the game. The Bulls are warming up. Jordan's like 20 feet from me in the middle of the court. He's got those breakaway sweatpants with the buttons down them and dribbling the ball. I said to my older brother, Jay, I'm like, Jay, I'm going to go out there and meet Michael Jordan. My brother's like, you're not walking out on that court. Before he could finish that sentence, I walk out to the middle of the court. I look up to Michael Jordan. Who does that? Crazy. And I said to him, hi, Mr. Jordan. And he looks down at me and says, quote, yo, how you doing? I and love it. And he shook my hand. This one right here. Never washed. Still has the sweat. From you have the courage to go up to him. Right. If you really want something in your life, you will do anything to get it. So I ended up calling the head of Disney. I get the guy on the phone. I go, hi, my name is Saul Blinkoff. And I want to find out about the internship because, oh, Saul, I have your name on a list. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, you didn't make it. I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't make it. I said, oh, well, what about Andy? He goes, yeah, he made it. You didn't. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. And uh, I hung up the phone. 
And that was a bittersweet moment. You know, sweet, I was very happy for my best friend. But bitter, my dream was shattered. You know, Andy's going off to Disney World. You know what they call Disney World? The happiest place on the planet. Earth, right? On the planet, right? That's what they call it. He's going to sunny, beautiful Orlando. I'm going back to Ohio in the wintertime. Bitter, cold, gray skies. I thought that was the most depressing place on Earth. And I remember walking the halls of the school. People are coming up to me. Hey, Blinkoff, what are you doing here? Oh, you didn't make it. Oh, I'm sorry. I got this look of like, oh, I feel so bad for him. And then they're like, where's Andy? I'm like, oh, he got into Disney. They're like, oh, he got in. You didn't? Wow. I became known as the guy that was friends with the guy that got into Disney. I became known as the guy that didn't get what he really, really wanted. And then I just felt like a total failure. Total failure. And and it was too much to bear. And then I came up with an incredible tool to take that feeling of failure away. And everyone listening, you could forget everything that we've talked about in the last 20 minutes. That's fine. You want to walk away from this remembering one thing that will change your life? Remember this tool. If you ever in life feel like a failure, because you will fail. That's what it means to be a human being. You do what I did, and the feeling will go away like that. You know what I did? I gave up. I gave up on the entire dream. Instead of being a person that really wants something, I took away the one. I gave up. It's not for me. You see, every one of us wakes up with a a shoulder angel telling us that we can aspire to greatness, that we can accomplish, we can be successful, we can change the world. But then there's another thing. There's the shoulder devil whispering into our ear, actually even louder than the angel. Who do you think you are? You can't accomplish that. That's for him. That's for her. That's for Michael Jordan. That's not for you. You're going to be average. You're going to be mediocre. Oh, you want a great marriage? You're not going to have it. You're going to be a little happy sometimes. You want, a, you want a career? You want to be the top? Nah, you're not, it's not going to be you. You're going to be just like all the other employees. You're not going to go into leadership. You're not going to have an extra zero on your bank account. That's not for you. That's for people like that. And that's the voice I listened to. And I gave up on the entire dream because reality had set in. Andy was awesome and I was just average. I gave up. A week later, a buddy calls me up. Says, Saul, I got tickets to go see a movie. You want to go? I'm like, I'm not in the mood. He goes, but you love movies. I'm like, nah, I'm just not in the mood. He goes, but they're free tickets. I go, oh, okay, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) I end up going to the movies and I see a movie that changes my life. Third movie changes my life. I watch this movie and it's a true story about a guy who's five feet tall. He doesn't have an ounce of athletic ability and he wants to play football at Notre Dame. What movie is it, Brittany? Do you know? Rudy? Yeah, Rudy. I did my homework. I know. You did your homework. You know it. You know it. What an incredible movie. And by the way, anyone who hasn't seen that movie and you're listening to this right now, you hit pause. Go watch it. Watch it with your kids. Watch it with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend. Watch it with your puppy. I don't care. Watch the movie. It's unbelievable. And it's a true story. The guy's five feet tall. He doesn't have an ounce of athletic ability. And he wants to play football where football players are huge and athletic at Notre Dame, one of the best universities at the time. If you were friends, if you were best friends with the real Rudy Rudiger, who this story is based on, and he told you his dream was to play football at Notre Dame, you know what you would have told him as his friend? You would have been like, dude, I love you. Get a new dream. Rudy's like, oh, yeah? Well, we'll just see about that. And you know what he does? 
He tries to get in and he gets rejected. Tries a second year, rejected. Third year, rejected. But fourth time, you know, if you look at the movie poster for the movie Rudy, it says when people say dreams don't come true, tell them about Rudy. He gets in. And tears are streaming down my face because I'm thinking one thing. If an unathletic guy like that could get into Notre Dame with an insane amount of hard work, then what I thought was an untalented artist like me would get into Disney with an insane amount of hard work. And I vowed to never give up again. As a matter of fact, I called up Disney the next day, the same guy on the phone. I asked him, I said, hey, how close was I? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, how many interns did you pick? He goes, well, we picked 17. I said, how many portfolios did you get? He goes, well, it's got to be over 3,000, 4,000 portfolios from around the world. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, how close was I? He goes, Saul, we picked 17 and you made it to number 20. 20, that's it? I'd only missed it by three. I was willing to give up on the entire dream and I only missed it by three. Then I asked him the million dollar question. Why did I not get in? What was I missing? You see, when we fail in life, that's the time to find out why. Because if you right. find out why, that's the answer key to growing. And how many times in our lives do we feel we're miles away from accomplishing our goal? And all we needed to do was push just a little bit more. I was so close. And he told me, you need to add to your drawing perspective. You know, stand on a ladder and look down at a model or go down low and look up at a model when you're drawing. Give us a dynamic perspective. Boom, answer key. I put those new tools into my artwork. I took that portfolio and I sent it into Disney. A couple months go by. I get a call and it's Andy. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, Blinko, if you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what am I not going to believe? He goes, they built a brand new part of the studio, a wing on the studio for the new interns. I'm like, wow. He goes, you deserve to be there. I'm like, thanks. He goes, but you know what else they did? I'm like, what? He goes, they put up a piece of paper with a list of the next interns. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you're on the list. I'm like, what? He goes, you did it. <laughs> Whoa. I'm like, thank I you so much. This. He's like, thank you. You're the one that did it. Don't thank me. I'm like, thank you so much. I hang up the phone. I go over to my tape player. Some of you don't know what tapes are. They play music. And at the top of my lungs, it's the circle of life. And it moves us all, right? I pick up the Love phone. This. I die on my mom. She could hear it in my voice. She's like, honey, did you do it? Did you do it? And I said, no, mom, we did it. We did this, mom. You're the one that took me to this art school and that art school. You took me to Disney World. You got me that art teacher. But guess what, mom? This this winter in New York, you can stay in New York because I'm going to the happiest place on earth. And I end Love up at it. Disney World in Orlando <laughs> to the Disney Studios. And they pick me up at the airport with one of those people with one of those signs that had my name on it. It had Mickey Mouse pointing to my name. So cool. They take it's like, it's literally like your, your dream literally oh, yeah. came true. And how close were you to just giving up? Like, you know, isn't oh, that yeah. crazy? Oh, well, yeah. Everyone, everyone who actually gets to their dream is like so close to quitting. Right. And then if you just oh, hang yeah. on a little bit longer and work through the uncomfortable stuff, it usually works out. It's amazing. And I remember they drive me to the Disney studios and I walked under a sign, Brittany, and sign said artists entrance. And I walk under the sign, I go into a room and there's animation desks. This is before computer animation, before Pixar existed, before DreamWorks existed. In the corner was a desk, a big wooden desk with a name on it. Saul Blinkoff, kid from New York. 
let me tell you guys, I don't want you to think if you're listening to this, that you heard the story of a really talented artist who got into Disney. That's not what this is. This is a story of a person who was literally the worst artist in his school. When I started at that school the first day, I was one of the worst artists in the school. But at the end of the day, nobody wakes up great at anything. Write that down. You should write it down. Put it up over your bed. Put it up over your desk. Nobody wakes up great at anything. You want to be great at something? What are you willing to invest? How far will you go? How much pain can you endure? How important is it to you? Does every fiber of your being lead you to accomplishing that goal? And at the end of the day, if you really have that dream, then put the effort in. Because I'm telling you guys, if I could achieve my dream, you could achieve 100 times more. There's nothing getting in our way but us. And at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, you don't want to look back at your life and think, why didn't I go for that? Why didn't I turn my marriage from good to great? Why didn't I turn my marriage from great to awesome? And by the way, that's why I came up with the name of my podcast. I have a podcast, you know, it's called Life of Awesome, where I share ideas on how to live an awesome life. And if somebody comes up to you and they're like, how's your day going? How's your day going? How are you doing? You'd be like, yeah, things are good. Yeah, it's good. It's going good. They'd be like, okay, good. What if they come up to you and they go, how's your day going? And you say, how's my day going? It's going great. They'd be like, oh, I'm so happy. Good. But what if they come up to you and go, how's your day going? How's my day going? Let me tell you how it's going. It's going awesome. They'd be like, why? What happened? Did, did you win the lottery? Did you meet your soulmate? Did you just get hired by your dream job? What if you said no? None of those things happened today. They'd be like, well, why is it awesome? You go, because it's awesome to be alive. Life is awesome. Every aspect of life is awesome. You know what's awesome? Waking up every day with clarity. That you have a goal to grow as a human being. You know, I'll tell you, when I started at Disney, the first movie I got to work on was Pocahontas. You remember that movie? That's BF, before Frozen, right? (laughs) Then I worked on The Hunchback of Notre Dame and Mulan, Tarzan, lots of these movies. I got to be a director at Disney, directed Winnie the Pooh and Doc McStuffins and lots of other things for companies. And I'm living my dream every day. But I want to tell you, the most, the most fulfilling part of my dream job is not what I get to do and where I get to work. That's not what it's about. You know, you look at the movie Lion King, incredible movie, one of my favorites, probably my favorite animated movie of all time. It's a story about this character who thinks being a king is he can do whatever he wants. He sings about it. Simba sings, I just can't wait to be king. Mufasa says to him, his father in the beginning, Simba, there's more to being a king than getting your way all the time. Simba's like, there's more? Like, what could be better? He thinks being a king is I can do whatever I want. And then something happens to dad. Spoiler alert. Everyone knows what happened. Hopefully you've seen it by now. It's over 30 years. Dad dies. It is a Disney movie. They always kill off a parent, right? Bambi, Finding Nemo. They kill off parents. Dad dies. Simba goes and lives in Hakuna Matata world. Remember that? Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase, right? There you go, right? He goes and lives there. And Kunabatata world is amazing. It's like Hawaii. It's a lush waterfall. There's colorful flowers. He sleeps in a hammock, hangs out in a jacuzzi. Who could want anything better? Right. The end of the movie, who shows up to see him? Do you remember who finds him? Test your Disney knowledge. N- Nala. Nala, yeah. She comes over. 
She yeah. hasn't seen it in a while, and she's all grown up now. She's got the big eyelashes, right? They, <laughs> yeah. they sing their song. Can you feel the love tonight? Love it. Right? Right, and the sun is setting. They're about to like make out. I always cover my kids' eyes for that when they're lying face. They're like, "Dad, they're just lines." I'm like, "Still inappropriate. You can't watch." <laughs> I love it. So, so my yeah. gosh, you're yeah. everything. Like it's true. Everything you're saying, like everyone has to keep going through the uncomfortable stuff to get to the dream oh, and put yeah. in whatever it takes. It's it's like look at yourself. Look at the dream you're living. Your life is awesome and you know i have to get you back on for another episode because we still have so much to cover that you have so much value to add and honestly thank you i I gotta say this one thing let me say one more thing nala shows up and she's like simba you gotta come back with me he's like no i'm staying here she's like no no maybe i didn't make myself clear scars taking over everything and if you don't come back everyone's gonna die and you are responsible. Then you know what he says? Hakuna Matata. I'm staying right here. She's like, when is he going to grow up? Why won't you be the king I know you are? The king I see inside. And she leaves him. He's left alone. Rafiki comes, hits him on the head, sees the reflection of his father in the clouds, right? Remember who you are. Simba goes back and defeats Scar and Lion King becomes the biggest animated movie of all time. BF literally frozen, not because we love movies about lions, but because that movie gives us a taste of what truly life is about. You want to live an awesome life. There's one mindset to apply to every moment of our lives. Wake up every day and realize that greatness is not what I get. It's what I give is to wake up with the goal of how do I take responsibility for the world? How do I impact another human being? That's a meaningful life. Don't wake up every day and go, oh, I want to work at Disney. I want to draw because it makes me happy. There's something better than a life of happiness, and that is a life of meaning. And with that, you have to have an impact on another person. By the way, the first guest I ever had on my podcast is the real Rudy Rudiger. It was the first guest I ever had on my podcast, and I got to tell him, the impact he made on my life, that his story he made on my life. I urge all of you listening, do a deep look inside and think about how can you take your goals and make them aligned around your aspirations of your passion, your abilities, and using those passions and abilities to change the world, to impact another human being. You do that, you don't get a life that's good. You don't get a life that's great. You get a life of awesome. Oh. <laughs> oh Great. my gosh, Saul! This is Saul. This is amazing, absolutely amazing. Everything. I just love this episode, and you know, like I said, I'm gonna get you on another episode. But before we jump off, I know there's people in my audience that could use some coaching from you, or would be interested in connecting with you, and I mean. I know you have a lot of great things to offer. What would you say is the best way to go ahead and connect with you? Maybe what are you offering at the moment? Um, I'll just leave that up to you to kind of let our thank audience you. know. Thank you. Yeah. Well, first, let me also just thank your audience again. Thank you, each each one of you, for listening to this. If you're in your car, you're at home, you're taking a walk, wherever you are in your life, please, I beg you, I'm begging you, do not listen to the shoulder devil. Listen to that shoulder angel. Get to that spark inside you and realize that you're unique. And because you're unique, you know you have a unique purpose, a unique purpose for the world. The world needs you to be you. 
We don't need another Steven Spielberg. We don't need another Michael Jordan. We need you to live your limitless potential. That's how you change the world. And you can connect to me. I'm on social media. So Instagram, Saul Blinkoff. Go to my website, saulblinkoff.com. There you'll find links to everything. I do life coaching. You want to work on your marriage, parenting, career. You want advice on whatever. Check out me, life coaching. I also travel the world as an inspirational speaker. I give keynotes to companies on you know leadership, how to tell your story, how to live a life of meaning. What do you do when you're not motivated? Real practical tools. So check out saulblinkoff.com. Check out my podcast, Life of Awesome, and continue success in your journey for personal growth. And I wish you all just the most awesome day and awesome life. Thank you so much, Saul. This has been the most amazing interview I had. And I just love it. And I love all my guests that come on, but this is great. I love Disney. I love a life of awesome. Like, honestly. So you guys, if you're looking, if you're looking to live a life of awesome, of awesomeness, you want an awesome life, you need to reach out and connect with Saul. Please, you guys, he knows what it takes and he's been through it all. So don't give up on your dreams. Go t- take a look at Saul's Instagram and website, especially. I already checked it out. It's absolutely amazing. You guys, let's connect with Saul. Thanks so much, Saul. This has been great. Group, you. if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure entrepreneur, want to come on just like Saul did today to talk about your journey, talk about your area of expertise, your podcast, your business, please go to Top 100 Interview. I would love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.